It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. It's game week, baby. Welcome in. 94-3 the game. Patrick Johnson on the P-Man Show. What a uh, day we have for you today. Uh, we've got coming up at the top of the hour inside East Carolina Athletics with Coach Mike Houston, the radio show from Logan's Roadhouse at 6 o'clock. So that's coming up with uh, the vice of the Pirates, Jeff Charles, and uh, David Horn will be there, and Coach Houston will be there. Uh, we've got uh, Panther Talk coming your way tonight at 7 o'clock. Panthers uh, with some major injuries over the weekend. They've also made a move here in the last couple of minutes. Our guy Jim Zoki uh, will uh, be on uh, that with everybody else uh, on the Panthers radio network. That'll be heard over on 103.7 WTIB, Eastern North Carolina's home for the Carolina Panthers. We have game day coverage beginning uh, this week, really game coverage this whole week. Uh, we've got uh, the uh, one and only Chip Patterson from CBS Sports, host of the Cover 3 podcast, coming up in a little bit. Uh, in fact, next segment, we'll be talking uh, to uh, Chip Patterson. We'll talk ECU, NC State, maybe uh, some of the other games uh, of interest around college football in the state. We have time beyond. Uh, Dave Doran. Oh, sorry. Nodded off just thinking about it. Dave Doran uh, held court today in his weekly press conference, so we'll have some of that in uh, what will uh, essentially be our pirate report. And uh, we'll go through some of the other news and notes of the day. We say uh, hello to Philip the Ref Pilkington. Busy time for him. A little double shift work there, Pilk. Not at all it's cracked up to be, is it? So you want to be in radio, huh? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little tired right now. Got up with the chickens this morning and worked and then do a show in the afternoon. Not so easy, is it, Pilkington? Now, I got a little power nap in today, so that, that part about it at least was nice. I did not have a power nap. I've had a cup of coffee this afternoon. That's how I'm doing it today. That's how I'm powering through. Caffeine. There you go. Uh, you it's a caffeine you week. I don't like to brag about my... Uh, well, uh, I just, it's a busy week. I got broadcast Thursday. In addition to this show and the morning show, broadcast Thursday, broadcast Friday, full game day. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot this week. There'll be a lot of caffeine this week. And you know what the key is? Uh, pilk protein. Gotta have a lot of protein. Lots of uh, meats this week, you know, to keep, to keep you fueled. You know what I'm saying? I do. Well, I'm off to a good start because uh, the big hen and I got fed pretty good last night. So, I bet you guys did. I bet you guys did. The uh, Wounded Warriors, uh, Hope for the Warriors golf event going on down in uh, Duplin County. Boy, uh, talk about an, uh, something that'll if just just make you put a lump in your throat hearing some of those uh, 
members of uh, the military talk today. It was, it was really amazing. Uh, next year, we'll get down there to uh, to all of that. Uh, I, I really do. It, it kind of comes at a, a time where it's a busy week for us, but I, I would like to get down there. I had any, the intent of going down there, and then some of the people we wanted to talk to, uh, I don't say fell by the wayside, but ended up not being there, and I was under the weather last week. By the way, uh, is intern Abby in the hizzle, by the way, also? Let me, let me say hello to her. She is. I'll give her the mic. I, I feel like I've not uh, seen you in forever, intern Abby. What's what it is, what it was, what it'll be. Yeah, I'm really excited to be back. I wish I could come into the morning show last week, but I was very busy. Well, it's fine. We we Henry was away. Oh, Maybe wow. you can figure out a day this week to come into the morning. Well, no, he was for sure. he was doing a show, but he was down at the beach on Wednesday. Oh, so. I see. Yeah, living his yeah. beach boy life. His Beach Boy life, yeah. So maybe uh, Wednesday or Thursday this week. Yeah, for sure. We could work it. I'm out. excited okay. to be back. Hey, are you excited about game week and game yes. coverage? It's going to yes. be your first game day, and you're going to the press conference tomorrow. Are you fired up? Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm from Raleigh, so I know a couple of NC State players, so I'm really excited to see how Ooh. everyone plays. Yeah, I know the Thomas brothers, and one of them's a captain for NC State. And the other Is that one. right? Yeah, he's so good. I saw them Can last you... week, and I told them ECU oh. was going to beat them. Oh, you t- you went you engaged in the trash talk this yes, week? Is that I what you did? did? Yes, I told really. So. I did. Yeah, I said Mike Houston says we're going to win, so we're going to win. Mm. Mm-hmm. Did they have a negative response to that, or what did they say? They were shocked. They were like, "Really?" He said that. <laughs> they were shocked. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm Could Abby giving him some bulletin board material for something I'm not so sure Coach Houston said, but that's okay. Yes, he's. I think he Coach Houston's confident. Yeah, he's so confident. He said that they're, okay. they're the best team we've ever been. All right. Well, there you go. I, I like uh, I like where you're, what you're thinking about that, uh, Abby. I was going to ask Abby who she thought she who would win. Can you give us a quick pick? Yeah, definitely Abby, who, ECU all the way. We got this in the bag. Okay, I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it. Intern Abby is. Uh, not some valley girl or cheerleader. She was a uh, a trainer for four years. Yeah. So she's seen her fair share of football. Right? Exactly. And this today, the student tickets went out like they were sold out within less than an hour. So everyone's super oh. excited. Yeah. Are you going? You're going to the game, right? Yes, you're going to be at the game. I'm making my parents come too. So I'll have someone to sit with because none of my oh. friends are going into the game. Why aren't they going into the game? No one got a ticket. No one was quick enough. Oh. Yeah. It's that it's that serious of a matter, exactly. really. Exactly. Okay. That's what I, I was shocked. I'm a member of the student club, so I got a ticket, but I need student pirate club. Yeah. Abby, I, you know what? You never cease to amaze me, intern Abby. <laughs> you never cease to amaze me. Yeah, absolutely. You always amaze me whenever I speak to you. It, it, <laughs> uh, I learn something every time about you, and and I and I I I actually am the better for it. I think. You yeah. Know, I can't always say that about when I talk to the young people, but uh, with intern Abby. I'm excited. I have, a, I have a pretty good feel. Well, no, yeah, that's good for you. All right. Well, go, you're going to take some photos for our social yeah, while you're in the stands? For sure. Okay. I have multiple tailgates. I have plans to hit for the photos. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. I like how you've mapped this out, Intern Abby. This yeah. Is, I've been this is why you are who you are. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Intern Abby. Look at you out there talking smack to the Wolfpack already. I yeah. like it. Amen. I'm, I'm ready to go. All right. Thank you, Abby. It's so good to have Abby back in the uh, in the house. Uh, Philip Pilkington, who's uh, worked very hard the last couple of weeks, uh, also here today. Uh, Pilk will figure prominently in our game day coverage. Uh, so will Cookie, and so will Ben Byram. And uh, I'll have some involvement on the network this year in game and uh, pre and then post game. 
uh, kind of hosting the tail end of the post game. So uh, looking forward to that. We'll get more into that this week. Uh, Pilk, uh, you and I have talked a little. You follow golf, right? Yes, I do. What did you think of uh, Roy McIlroy yesterday? I, first of all, I, I don't want to belabor this so much because there is a lot of other sort of things to talk about. But um, I'm a little stunned that Scotty Scheffler, especially after he came out and finished the third round on Sunday morning, uh, played as tight or maybe as poorly as he did. But, but Rory won, and I guess Jay Monahan and members of the PGA media are pretty excited about that. Um, I do think that uh, I do think the big golf news, and I want to get what you you think of this, is Harold Varner the third reportedly. Now I've not seen anything today that is officially solidifying that, but we've kind of confirmed independently. I know Henry did, and then I've confirmed kind of this afternoon independently that uh, it looks like Harold is in, the reports are correct, and Harold is indeed heading to live, unless he's, there's a change of heart. He's headed to live. Uh, Cameron Smith, Cameron Young also headed there. So, I mean, these aren't some fly-by-night or washed-up over-the-hill players. I mean, these are three studs. I mean, HV3 is a top 40, top 50 player. Kind of interesting. He'll be in town this week, the week that this is kind of happening. I'm sure he'll he'll have a million questions. But what do you think of all this, Pilk? Um, I mean, I can't say I was shocked. I mean, it's clear that they started at the top and are trying to grab every player they can grab. And the minute one guy, you know, Tiger, Rory, whoever says no, they just go on to the next guy. And so, I, you know, I mean, I'm not shocked at all, really. They have an unlimited amount of uh, money. And uh, look, I, you can't blame HV3. Look how hard he has worked. And probably, you know, I mean, he, he, was in, he won the Saudi event and won a lot of money. But, I mean, just think of how hard he has worked just to get into the point where he's finally, after being out there a good amount of time, um, you know, is, is in these majors and is – you know, a top 40 in the world guy and making it the second weekend of the playoffs and was in the mix to maybe advance through to Atlanta. I mean, this, these are, this is all hard work and he's a family guy now. And you know, this is, it's a guy who came from humble origins and it's guaranteed money. Uh, Panthers this weekend, Friday, uh, of course the game was delayed. Wouldn't you know it, Pilk? The game was delayed. Wouldn't you know who won the pony? The game was delayed as Pilk was uh, scheduled to be here for uh, one of the uh, days where he's working 20 hours, it seems. Yeah, I had to be on here until the end of the post game. I was, I was here on for Friday. a long time. Yeah. Oh, what time did they finally wrap things up on Friday? It was about 11.40. Yeah. Uh, Sam Darnold injured in that, what, out six weeks at least? The kicker, Gonzalez, out for the season? Yeah, I mean he was he was warming up on the sidelines, kicking into the field goal net. He wasn't even it wasn't even a game deal with with Gonzalez. I really hate that Jake Verity had I guess signed with the Jags because I, I bet he could have latched on at Carolina had he not. The timing worked out a little better. I'm sure Verity would have wound up in in Charlotte, right? I would guess so. It sounded like he was the uh, most uh, you know thought out prospect out of guys who were not starters currently and. Yeah, Jags guys cut like all th- guys. The Jags cut like all three kickers that they had, and uh, including uh, as Ben likes to call him the Pringles man. I think he looks like Marin Cheech, but our guy Santoso. 
and um, <laughs> he got he was the last guy to get cut, and they picked up Verity. Yeah. Uh, but the Panthers have traded for have done a deal with the Jags today. No, not to get Jake Verity to get uh, uh, Lavisca Chenault. Lavisca Chenault. Yep, Lavisca Chenault. Uh, you played at Colorado or Colorado State? Colorado. Uh, I see you. Yeah. Yeah, and um, he's now going to be a Panther. What do you think of that? What do you make of that move, Pilk? Uh, I haven't seen the details of the trade to know what they gave up, but this seemed like a very deep receiver room uh, it, with what we saw in the preseason. So I have to say I'm a little shocked that they're uh, trading yeah. for a receiver, but it's good to get another big body. See, that was part of the problem. There's a lot of guys, but a lot of fast, smaller guys. Um, it's good to get a big body guy you can throw the ball to the corner to in the end zone. So, you know, I mean, uh, as long as they use them right, uh, it's a good yeah. deal. If they don't use them and they wasted whatever they gave away, then uh, it's a bad deal. All right, uh, Dave Doran uh, held court today before the media. Uh, Tar Heels did not look good on on defense yet again over the weekend in week zero against uh, FAMU, who uh, was without something like 30 players due to eligibility. By the way, I didn't think they cared about. Was it 27? Yeah. I I didn't think that in, in Chapel Hill they were all that concerned about eligibility. That was good. In Chapel Hill, they're not. The problem is, I guess they are in Tallahassee. So they are in Tallahassee, apparently. That's where FAMU just is. Not, just not that campus in Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah the one that's it literally is across the tracks. It's, there's, yes. Yes, it's, there's yes. Florida State, and then there literally is a train track, and then FAMU. Yeah, yeah, there is. All right, um, let us uh, grab a break. Uh, we got Chip Patterson on the line uh, from CBSSports.com. We'll get his thoughts on the matchup between the Pirates and the Pack. And Pilkey, uh, I must have felt awful last week because I feel like a uh, million dollars today. I have like all this energy and I'm hype. You sound a lot better. And I thought I was. I thought I was feeling okay, all things considered, last week. But I have. I feel like a new man. So I must have been feeling bad last week. Hey, I, I'm like you. I put the pants on one leg at a time, folks. There's no need to hold a parade or anything for me for gutting it out last week. Despite being gravely ill. Well, not gravely ill, but really ill. Sick. Sick as a dog. Okay. Back in just a bit, we'll talk with Chip Patterson. And uh, we'll hear from Dave Dorn a little later on. But uh, CBS Sports' Chip Patterson on College Football Week 1. Pirates pack. Maybe some Tar Heels and Happy Appies when we come back. Online or on the go. Love it. Log on to our brand new website, 943thegame.com. To listen to our top-rated programs throughout the day. You need to. Tell your smart speaker to stream 94.3 The Game to take us anywhere you are at any time. Pirate basketball lives right here. Right here. On the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Week zero is out of the way. Week one is upon us here, and we've got the great Chip Patterson from CBS Sports, the Cover 3 podcast host. It's always great to talk to Chip. I think I missed him this summer when he graces with his presence, but it's great to have him here on the Monday leading into week one. How are you, Chip? I'm doing well. I did miss you last time I was uh, 
on your your great show. So good to be back with you. Hope you're well. And yes, week one is finally here. And uh, hey, I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about it at some point in our conversation here. But what a what a fun start that we've got for the Pirates. So looking forward to this weekend. For well, sure. let's just go there uh, because you obviously are in the backyard of. Uh, the Wolf Pack, and you you pay a lot of uh, attention to and respect to Mike Houston and the Pirates. So uh, you, this game's coming up. What do you what do you how do you see it, Chip? How do you see you know the odds makers have it as a double digit spread, and and I don't think it's going to be quite that large, but who knows? To me, um, you know, it's there, there's one place where I think that ECU uh, will be able to use whatever intangible advantage that there is right when we look at this matchup whether it be against nc state whether it be against north carolina we've always talked about the pirates and really this is you know weird talking about this conversation but it happens in pretty much every state where there are multiple or many college football programs where there's just so much familiarity and not only is there familiarity but oftentimes there's maybe a little bit of a a chip on the shoulder right where Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. being able to stick it to a high school teammate or a high school opponent or somebody that you've known growing up who happened to go to NC State or North Carolina certainly is attractive. Here's where I think it comes in X's and O's wise. NC State's offense may have the ACC preseason player of the year in Devin Leary, and it does have future NFL draft picks along the offensive line, but there's a lot of places where um, it's a little bit unproven. I thought that last year, again, while Devin Leary has the stat line of 35 touchdowns, five interceptions, nearly 3,500 passing yards, that looks really, really good. But if you go back and look at my game notes from watching NC State last year, especially when they had a lead, I, I did not think that NC State was a team that was just blowing teams out of the water or utilizing Devin Leary to be able to throw the ball around. You mentioned I'm in the backyard of the Wolfpack. I've got NC State friends who say, I wish we started every game with a touchdown deficit just so that it would make the offense be forced to open up a little bit more, be a little bit more high octane. So I think ECU's defense might have a chance to be able to hang in this game, be able to take advantage of an an NC State offense that has not yet shown the ability to really flex its muscles, because I do think it's going to be tough for the Pirates against an NC State defense that I think is, you know, second only to Clemson, maybe on the same level as Pitt in terms of the best defenses in the ACC, potentially one of the 10 to 15 best nationally. Mm-hmm. I do think that they've got difference makers at every level, and it's going to be tough for the Pirates offense to get into a rhythm. But let that game get late. Let that thing become a one-score game in the fourth quarter. See if your home field advantage, see if your edge uh, is able to create an opportunity for the Pirates to get a little bit loose and, and get a score and get one over on that NC State defense. So, I do think NC State's defense is going to make life tough. That is the the headline of this matchup to me. But um, if Devin Leary and the offense don't flex their muscles or, you know, to give credit, if ECU's defense is able to cause real problems for the Wolfpack, then then you hope the home field advantage comes into a factor uh, late in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Uh, you know, the uh, Chip Patterson, by the way, CBSSports.com. The, the other thing, I you know, there's a lot of talk about the ECU offense and certainly with a fifth-year quarterback – with uh, two very dynamic and explosive running backs, you you certainly that, that makes some sense. And and you know with apparently C.J. Johnson, a receiver, has gotten kind of his act off the field together and has looked good in the preseason. 
you know, I, I understand, too, that history kind of dictates we like to talk about how funny ECU is on offense. But I, I don't think in this game you can sleep on the ECU defense because of just everything it returns. It's had the same coordinator for three years, which at a place like – well, anywhere. But at a place like East Carolina, you can't discount that. This is a kind of veterany uh, ECU – there's a word – veterany ECU uh, defense. So I, I'm like you. I think there could be some – the defense could be the star on both sides of the ball on Saturday, potentially. Right. And, it is, and look, noon kick, you know, is it going to get a, be a little bit of a slow, sluggish start? Do you have some of those week one jitters? I just <clears> – I think that the, the the greatest, like, challenge – like, if you're to ask for something, then I think that ECU's offense is going to be able to, to go out – like, if given a short field, how about that? If given a short yeah, field, yeah. I think ECU's offense is going to be able to score. Um, so if you're asking for something realistic, the big ask as an ECU fan is, like, let our defense get out there and get a, have a little bit of an edge against the ACC preseason and the player of the year, see if the Wolfpack get a little bit tight, and, again, just, you know, give Holton a chance to be able to go out there and make a play and create a special memory. I do think it's interesting um... – the running back spot for NC State it seems to be a, a, a questionary, so much so that Michael Allen, who had a, a stellar prep career at Rose in Greenville, is at least going into the camp, has been considered a guy that may actually see some snaps in, in this game. So in that area of, of NC State's offense, how much will they rely on the run and how much can they reasonably rely on the run? Well, you know, when you when you haven't uh, made those changes at coordinator, and, you know, you were mentioning it being an advantage, but I, I think that last year they had two the individually as players. I thought that both Bam Knight and Ricky Person Jr. were good running backs. You know, you put together their best tape, and I'm like, that guy runs well. He's he's a good college running back. They had NFL players on the offensive line, and yet I I kind of thought that that run game. Uh, at times, like they relied on it heavily and it didn't deliver for them. Um, this, I mean, statistically, this was like a top 40 kind of offense last season. And to say all that about a, an offense that is led by a quarterback with the caliber of Devin Leary is really surprising. And they've still got the same crew together. And that is a, an advantage if you're somebody who thinks that that staff continuity is a thing. And I, I do think that it is. But it also means that I'm going to be looking at the way that you handled your business last year. Mm -hmm. And they will probably run the ball more than uh, NC State fans would like, and they're probably going to use, you know, three running backs or so. They've they've got a way that they handle business. And it gave them nine wins last year, put them in an opportunity to get ten wins, double digits for only the second time in program history. They're on a really, really good three-year run right now, going all the way back to exceeding expectations during the pandemic year. I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm doubting a program that I've got a lot of respect for, but, you know, the running back position, I fully expect there to be multiple bodies out there because I expect that there's probably going to be 35 or so touches to go around. On my Twitter feed, by the way, Chip Patterson, CBS Sports is, is with us. Great uh, college football and basketball and golf writer and podcast host. And just you hear him with Adam Gold during the week on 94.3 The Game. He's, he's been good enough to join us here. So on my Twitter timeline, I have like some odd – faction of follows i don't know why but i have like a philly sports faction that i somehow 
I, I don't know if it's part of team follow back or what, but I, I just, so I have all this Philly sports nonsense that goes on. And then coming and going for some reasons, pro wrestling. Sometimes I have that. Some of my friends, I guess, are really into pro wrestling on the Twitter time. But I have this collection of NC State fans that I follow uh, or I see their tweets on Twitter. And I, it ranges from a lot of confidence to, uh, you know, we don't want to get our hopes up. So what is, what is your feel for Wolfpack Nation as, there, as far as expectations in this game this year? This is the toughest non-conference game that they'll play. Um, the Texas Tech game being at home, the UConn being UConn, um, <laughs> this, this is going to be uh, the toughest test until October 1st against Clemson. So everything, and that game is on the road. So like everything that's difficult about this game, embrace it because this is going to, you need this kind of test to be able to make sure that the Wolfpack are, are ready to bring championship caliber football to Death Valley on October 1st. Um, I, I don't know if that's the way that a college football coach would draw it up. I don't know if that's the way an athletic director would draw it up, but that's, that's the way the draw has landed um, for Dave Doran and Devin Leary in this huge year for NC State football. I mean, we're talking about a program, Patrick, that is never – if I got this wrong, please, like, let me know on Twitter. Feel free to yell at me. But <laughs> man, I don't know if they've ever finished in the top ten of the AP poll. I, I think yeah, it's like I don't e- think they have. Even in, the, even in the Gator Bowl year, which led to a parade in downtown Raleigh, like, even then, I think they finished, like, 11 or 12. I mean, this is – like, you can go and get double-digit wins this season. You can – you know, give yourself a chance to be the second-best team in the ACC, depending on how things go in the postseason, in a major bowl game, play in it, win it, and give yourself a chance for a, a top-10 AP poll finish. This is a huge year. And all of that pressure, is you can't ignore it. So, you know, how is NC State going to handle this? That's why I would tell an NC State fan, any NC State fan that's following you uh, on Twitter that embrace how difficult it is because – you need that to be able to wake up the senses, so to speak, to be ready for the challenge that awaits you in Death Valley on October 1st. All right, we've got Chip Patterson, at Chip underscore Patterson on Twitter, by the way. Uh, the You know, I'm really kind of disgruntled a little bit with our friends at the Worldwide Leader because uh, they've put this game up against the App State-UNC game. Both are at noon. And that's kind of, if you're just a fan of sports in this state, that's a funnish doubleheader to, to kick off the season. Why can't we have a 3.30 kick for one of, the, one of these two? I mean, I think they're just trying to own the slot. Like, it's, it <laughs> is, uh, you, you are speaking from a position that I do not think is, like, widely shared as you and I would like. Right. You know, you and I would like to do it, but... Ultimately, what they've done is they've just purchased the entire state of North Carolina, right? We just figure that between in the entire state of North Carolina, every single college football fan, for the most part, if we're playing the numbers game, is either uh, a North Carolina or App State fan or an NC State or an ECU fan. So, you know, let's just just own it all uh, right there against each other because you and I might want to see both games, but with all the passion, especially during week one, I mean, uh, re- really, all you're caring caring about is your team. But the the North Carolina App State game, you know, takes a little bit of a backseat, right? I mean, you got to be on, you're you're on ESPNU. So how's that for a 
for NC State and ECU yeah. to get to you know pound their chest a little. They get they get to be on the one that you don't have to go to a sports bar for it to be on TV. <laughs> you can you can be at the regular restaurant and this yes. will be the game that they have on the bar uh, above the bar uh, over by the door. Yeah, uh, who do you like UNC app right now? I I think that the uh, the pick'em betting spread or you know two and a half wherever it is, mm-hmm. I think it's about right. I haven't as we're sitting here now, I'm, I haven't been asked specifically about that game and. I'll make a pick on it on our Thursday Cover 3 podcast. Ah. But I here I tell you what, if I was to give out one play or mm-hmm. one hunch in this game, mm-hmm. is that I don't think anybody's going to be able to get stopped. I think that uh, North Carolina's defense, which you know we'll see whether Tony Grimes, who left the game with an upper body injury against Florida A&M, we'll see if he's able to play. Um, but which is you know very significant, at least when you start to think about his ability to take out App State's best pass catcher, yeah, just yeah. sort of lock him up one-on-one and change some of that math. Mm-hmm. Because App State, is, if Florida A&M was able to push around North Carolina's defense and sort of take it right to them, I kind of I know that App State is capable of doing that. So I think App State's going to run right at North Carolina unless they are able to make some drastic changes in seven days. I think App State's going to be able to do that with success. At the same time, I think that App State, though uh, a solid defensive team, is going to have a lot of trouble with Drake May and a running back room of young pups that look ready uh, to take advantage of all the opportunities that are going to exist within an up-tempo offense where they're looking to just you know, snap the ball with 70-some-odd times per game. Um, that's, that is going to be what I think happens. It'll be, you know, what it'll look like. Mm. Uh, it'll, it'll probably look like some of these North Carolina Wake Forest games that we've had in recent years. Yeah, you know, forty-five, forty-two. Who has the ball last? Fifty-two, forty-nine. Who throws a dumb interception? You know, who's able to steal a possession? Like that's, I, I think that we might be looking at a shootout in North Carolina at State because I am very impressed with the freshman quarter, redshirt freshman quarterback in Drake May, and it's that offense's ability to perform even as Josh Downs got a little bit banged up in that game. Uh, you know, they got really good tight end play, and that seems to work within the system pretty well. And so I think North Carolina is going to be able to score, and I think App State's going to be able to score. And I, I think that that betting spread of somewhere between a pick and a field goal certainly feels appropriate for yeah. a game that I think is probably 45-42. Yeah. Uh, real quick, let me get a, a, an ECU State, uh, and, and you'll probably do this on your podcast, but just – Again, what are your just kind of thoughts on that in that same vein? I do think that NC State is going to end up uh, – I think I would give – NC State's probably going to win for, you know, like a like a 30 – like a, like a 32-24 kind of game or a, like a the, the kind of thing where um, NC State probably comes out, jumps out to an early lead, then – all of a sudden they settle down and get more conservative. ECU's defense builds up some confidence. And then eventually, you know, ECU's offense is able to spring a couple of explosive plays to make it really tight down the stretch. But the thing that I've said about NC State going into this is that when you have a quarterback who, um, you know, is great on third down, is great in the red zone, takes care of the ball, makes good decisions, and a really good defense, like that's, that's how you win close games. And while there's a lot of experience back for this ECU offense, we've, we've seen some mistakes from this group yeah. um, in, in close games before. And I think that 
you know, NC State is able to win games at the margins uh, because of that quarterback and that offense that is able to win those key downs, not make mistakes, not turn the ball over on those key downs. Um, and I, I think that that's going to help them be able to get in and out of Greenville uh, with a win. Okay, uh, last thing here. Very, and it's, uh, So we're, we're, I could talk to you for another 30 minutes, but we just don't have that kind of time. Nor do you, Chip. So um, give me your maybe two or three left on the outside looking in the, uh, the, the playoff four and then who you're going with the playoff four. Okay. Um, can I just start at one? Yeah. That, if that's easier. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to build some suspense, but that's fine. We'll just play. The, we can always play the tape backwards, but go ahead. Well, this is, uh, it, it, it's one of those questions that because we um, recently submitted these answers and you can probably <laughs> see them on CBS sports.com. Yeah. I, I think about them the way that I had to fill them out. And the way that I had to fill them out was that I had Alabama as my one, I had Ohio State as my two, I had Georgia as my three, I had Clemson as my four, I had Michigan as my five, mm. and I had Utah as my six. And here's the way I think it goes down. I think that Alabama and Georgia show up to the SEC championship game 12-0. and I think that Ohio State and Michigan show up to the game in Columbus mm-hmm. both 11-0. and mm-hmm. However, I think that Michigan ends up getting bumped out by an ACC champion, Clemson, who I listen. This is, I feel like one of my most controversial takes right now is actually believing that DJ Uyunglele is <laughs> going to be a little right. bit closer to the five star projections he had coming out of high school and the brilliance that he showed in, uh, in place of Trevor Lawrence and two different starts as a freshman that he's going to be closer to that than where he was last year, which was dead last in the ACC and passer rating. Like I, it's a controversial take. I think DJU is going to be good. I think that Clemson is going to win the ACC. And I think that it's Clemson that bumps out uh, Michigan for that last spot and then give me Utah to win the Pac-12. And as a Pac-12 champion, maybe even a Pac-12 champion with a win against Florida, in Gainesville, keep your eyes on that game this weekend. Yeah, that uh, that they would end up somewhere up in the top six. Wow, uh, Chip Patterson, always great to speak to you. Wish we had more time. Thank you, though. Sounds good. Y'all be well. Yeah, we will, and uh, appreciate it, Chip. Okay, forgot to mention this. Uh, we uh, it was announced today. State has signed a home and home twenty five and twenty six with uh, Appalachian State. So. Isn't that interesting? All right, a break. Uh, we'll come back, pill kicked him with an update. Then we'll finish things up with some comments from Dave Doran uh, from today. But right now, uh, this time out on the Patrick Johnson Show. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 The Game Sports Update. Pirate Volleyball opened the season up this past weekend in the Pirate Invitational. They went 2-1 and one on the weekend, defeating Furman and Norfolk State and suffered a loss to Towson. Also, Pirate outside hitter Angelis Andrit was named to the American Athletic Conference honor roll. ECU women's soccer improved to 2-2 two and two after defeating Old Dominion by a score of 3 to nothing. Abby Sawah was named to the American Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Week, and Sydney Schnell was named to the AAC Weekly Honor Roll. Sawah anchored the Pirate defense to a pair of clean sheets over the week against High Point and Old Dominion. She also added the first goal of her career on a free kick in the win over Old Dominion. Chanel earned the 
honor roll at Nod following a pair of assists, one game, one coming in each game of the week, and she also added her first collegiate goal of her career. It was it was a big weekend for individual sports as well, as Roy McIlroy came back from six shots down behind Scotty Scheffler to win his third Tour Championship. In NASCAR, Austin Dillon won the regular season finale at Daytona to lock himself into the Cup playoffs, and big thanks to his teammate Tyler Reddick, who blocked anyone who tried to make a run on Dillon late in the race. With Dillon being a new winner, that left only one spot in the playoffs, which was claimed by Ryan Blaney as he finished three points ahead of Martin Truex Jr. in the regular season. This week. Commander's rookie running back Brian Robinson Jr. was shot twice in the lower body in an attempted car robbery. He said that his surgery has gone well, and Coach Rivera said that he could still play this season. The Carolina Panthers have traded for wide receiver LaVisca Chenault. The Jags drafted him in the second round of 2020 out of Colorado. The details of the trade and what Carolina will give up has not yet been announced. NC State head coach Dave Doran spoke today and talked about when he was recruiting Holt Naylor's trying to bring him to Raleigh. Well, you know, he reminded me a lot of uh, guys that I had at Northern Illinois. And, and at that time, you know, we were still trying to find a mobile quarterback because uh, he could run and, and he was tough. You know, similar to Jordan Lynch and Chandler Harnish, two of the guys I had at NIU. And so we liked that about him. We thought we could run, you know, some of the downhill QB runs because he's a 230-pound guy. We'll hear from more of Coach Dorn on the other side of this time out here on the Patrick Johnson Show. All right, uh, we are uh, driving you towards the top of the hour. Inside East Carolina Athletics with Coach Mike Houston is coming your way, so stand by for that. Should be a lot of fun. And uh, we're looking forward to uh, having uh, uh, that for you here in just a little bit. Uh, Right now, let's get into today's Pirate Report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. ECU coverage beginning on Saturday at 9 a.m. right here on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game. It is our Bushlight Pirate Game Day countdown. Terrence Copper and yours truly counting you down to kickoff between the Pirates and Pack, at least uh, network coverage, East Carolina Sports Properties from Playfly coverage begins at 11 a.m., but uh, we'll get you covered for a couple of hours here on 94.3. The game from outside the Town Bank Tower. Our our entire crew will be bringing you uh, coverage, and then uh, we'll link up with the network at 11. Uh, You can also catch network coverage beginning at the 11 o'clock hour on 107.9 WNCT, 107.9 WNCT. Uh, Jeff Charles, Kevin Monroe, Marty Fuhr, Judd. Uh, David Horn back for uh, another season of fun and excitement. I'll be uh, part of the team this year with uh, updates in game from uh, our scoreboard desk and uh, anchoring post game coverage for you as well. So uh, looking forward to being part of the team. He's Carolina sports properties from uh, Playfly. Very excited about uh, that. So that is uh, kind of what we have for you. We'll have our Houston huddle tomorrow. And uh, looking forward to uh, that uh, as we have uh, Coach Houston. He'll be on actually with Henry and myself tomorrow morning on Talk of the Town at 8.05 on uh, Talk 103.7 WTIB if you're in the uh, local Greenville market here. 
and uh, we'll uh, bring you an encore presentation of that conversation with our Houston Huddle during the PJ Show tomorrow, plus uh, comments from Coach Houston's press conference. We'll have all of that covered for you as we're uh, back in the swing of football coverage. Dave Doran. Abby even said this is the most monotone guy I've ever heard when she was listening to it earlier. He's a snooze fest. Dave Doran uh, spoke to the media today, and I'm sure we wanted to kind of wait till a little later in the show when people weren't out on the roads in earnest. We didn't want to put somebody asleep behind the wheel. Uh, Dave Doran on facing ECU on the road. Cut one. Uh, really young, you know, all those guys that ended up being NFL players were sophomore starters in that game. We made a lot of immature mistakes. And so I've talked about all of that, you know, with them. So, you know, you recognize it, but you also have to look at who you are. You know, we're a team that can play a lot better than that team did at that time in their career. So we need to, you know, and I think maturity is a big deal on the road. You, you look at your leadership. Um, and we've got an experienced team that needs to make sure that we're not making it harder than it is to win a football game with pre-snap and post-snap decisions that can, you know, hurt our chances to be successful. And uh, Coach Doran talked about playing against the noise at Daddy Ficklin Stadium. Yeah, I mean, I think I pretty much touched on all of that in my remarks. It's uh, the crowd noise is a factor when you're on the road, and and so when we get to play at some place that where that's an element, it tests you, you know, it tests your, your focus with your 11 guys on offense. And, you know, um, it tests your, your mental maturity when you have opponent opponents, fans saying whatever they're going to be saying to you. Right. And can you manage yourself in that environment? Cause we can't practice that, you know, we can't put people in there yelling at our guys. So, you know, there, there's a hostile part of playing at a stadium, you know, that sells out, that has, you know, rowdy students just like ours does, you know. And so it does test you. It tests your leadership. It tests your ability to, to stay focused on the task instead of the surroundings. And then Dave Dorn was asked how he is going to prepare for the noise. Yeah, we'll definitely have, uh, you know, anytime we play at a place where we need to, whether it's the actual crowd noise or their fight songs or music, but the offensive field will have a lot of noise on it on Tuesday and Wednesday um, to prepare for that. You know, obviously on defense, it's not as bad because they're not going to be as loud when their offense is on the field. It is uh, today's uh, pirate report with some comments from uh, Dave Doran ahead of uh, inside East Carolina athletics with coach Mike Houston from uh, East Carolina sports properties from Playfly coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, this is Dave Doran talking about uh, recruiting Holton Aylers. Well, you know, he reminded me a lot of uh, guys that I had at Northern Illinois. And, and at that time, you know, we were still trying to find a mobile quarterback because uh, he could run and, and he was tough. You know, similar to Jordan Lynch and Chandler Harnish, two of the guys I had at NIU. And so we liked that about him. We thought we could run, you know, some of the downhill QB runs because he's 230 pound guy and uh and still have you know the drop back pass game that we wanted to have and so those are the things you know as he was a 4.0 guy he's obviously from a football family had all the right things and ultimately he chose to stay home you know and be a part of their family's legacy at that school and have nothing but respect for him for that 
And what makes him good now is, you know, the same things then. He's He was mobile, still is, had a good arm, you know, sees the field, is good on his feet. You know, all those reasons I recruited him then are the same reasons he's a four-year starter for them. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is Dave Doran uh, talking about this being the uh, best addition of the Pirates since Coach Houston arrived on the scene in Greenville. Um, and they're a good football team. You know, I think it's the best team Coach Houston's had. Uh, he's got a lot of good players back. His staff, you know, has been together a while, and, and they're his kids. He's recruited. So, you know, we're not just playing against uh, some team. I mean, it's a good football team. They were a bowl-eligible team last year, and, and they're better than they were last year because of who they brought back. And this is Dave Doran when asked how his team has improved since 2019. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's funny. I, I thought about that season this morning for some reason, and uh, I'm thankful that I had to go through it um, because I'm better for having to gone through it and exposed things in our program that, you know, had we not had some of those injuries and we were able to get to a bowl and and maybe not have to really dissect what's wrong, um, probably wouldn't be where we're at right now. You know, and so thankful uh, for that, for that year and for Boo allowing me to to fix what was broken, you know, um, with myself, too. And uh, I think all those hard hardships that this team suffered, I think shared adversity is a critical part of a team. You know, it's it's how you come together. It's, you know, going through creating scars. We all have the same scar from 2019. It's a big, ugly one, man. And we remember it for those of us who are here and we don't want another one like it. And so, yeah, having that shared adversity with those young men that were a part of that failure has allowed us to to really prevent it from coming back. Dave Doran, Mr. Electric. All right, uh, stay tuned. A guy who's going to be real fired up is Mike Houston. And we're going to have Inside East Carolina Athletics with Coach Mike Houston coming up for you here at the top of the hour. Big thanks to Chip Patterson for joining us here today. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington. Ref, great job not only today, but for the last week and a half. You've, you've done a marvelous job, and you've worked harder than you probably have in your entire life. I keyed. I keyed. I appreciate it, Patrick. No, you've done a great job. And, uh, hey, you only have more from here. Uh, and uh, thanks to Intern Abby today. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember, Coach Houston coming up top of the hour. Panther Talk on uh, 103.7 at 7 tonight. We'll have Coach Houston on the radio in the morning and on the PJ Show tomorrow as well. This is my auto. And this is my key. And there is only one place I trust with my key. My key car care.